This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's no secret that most apps collect your personal data. Names, birthdays, habits, interests, and yes, your location at any given time. Once the data is in their hands, companies have a lot of freedom when it comes to what they do with that information, thanks to lax privacy laws in the United States. In some cases, that lack of regulation can have life-changing consequences. Earlier this month, a religious media outlet claimed to have gotten its hands on personal location data belonging to a Catholic priest. The organization then exposed this priest for apparently using the dating app Grindr. Recode Sarah Morrison joins us now to tell us more. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Adam. So, Sarah, catch us up to speed. What exactly happened here? Um, so, like you said, this Catholic news outlet uh, called The Pillar uh, somehow obtained a set of uh, location data of devices, basically phones, uh, which were using a dating app called Grinder, which you know, caters to the LGBT community. And that data was so specific that they were able to like track a specific device. Uh, and they looked at like you know, where it went, like locations it went to, and were able to match it to a high-ranking church official who had taken a vow of celibacy. And then and they tried to get comment uh, from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, which was his employer. He resigned. Uh, so we're looking at a story that very likely outed him and also caused him to lose his job. But hang on. Dating apps like Grindr pride themselves on keeping users' private data anonymous. How is it possible that Pillar was able to track this information back to the priest? The thing is, like, we don't know exactly what data set the pillar obtained, like who they got it from, if they bought it or someone just gave it to them. So we have to like go by what their report said. And basically they said they saw like granular device specific data that said, you know, this device was using Grindr. It was being used at these conferences that they knew he was at and it was used in his home. So if you have data like that, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out, you know, who this device belongs to. And that's apparently what they did. And what kinds of data are dating apps gathering? I mean, they get what you give it, obviously, right? Like your photos, you know, your name, age, gender, sexual orientation, maybe your religion, your political affiliation, you know, all that stuff, right? You might connect your dating profile, like to your Facebook page or your Instagram and choose to give it access to like your friends list. You know, you generally know that you're doing that. But, you know, they also get things that you maybe don't know about or don't realize like how powerful they are, which is like your device identifier or the IP address. Or, you know, if you choose to turn on the location to find people near you, then they get your location. And depending on what controls you give it, they can track your location just when you're using the app or, you know, maybe more. So the problem is they then give that data, some of it to third parties or, you know, third parties have a code like inserted into the apps that just directly feed some of this data to them. So, you know, you're trusting basically that the app is properly anonymizing this data. 
or that whatever third parties they give it to are also anonymizing it, that they aren't, you know, selling it off to somebody else. And then if they are, that they're anonymizing it. You know, you can see there's just a lot of ways that this very sensitive information could fall into the wrong hands, which, uh, you know, ultimately that seems to be what happened here. And then you can see how it can be used in a way that's very harmful. And I have to imagine that companies aren't just gathering and, and trading all of this data for fun, right? No, I mean, the thing is, apps and kind of the internet itself is sort of based on, you know, collecting a lot of data and then making money off of it. So apps are free, but they're not exactly free. You you do give them something. They take this data and they'll try to, um, you know, sell ads to you maybe based on the things that you say you like or the places that you are. So that's why probably a data set like this exists. Right. So for instance, if I spend a lot of time at the soccer field and data is collected about that, then companies might want to sell me soccer shoes. Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, you go to a lot of websites about soccer or, or something. I mean, they have a whole lot of ways to just make these inferences. And yeah, I don't want to say what app does what, because sometimes we, we don't always know that, which is also part of the problem. But generally, yes. But all that said, it, this data is not being collected to surveil you and find out details of your private life. But th like you said, there are unintended consequences of so much data being collected. There are ways for others to acquire this data. Do we have any indication of how Pillar might have gotten their hands on the priest's data? So they've said it was commercially available, that it was somehow obtained from a data vendor. I don't think they've ever said, and they've done a couple reports about this now, that they bought it. So it leads me to believe that they didn't, that it was somehow given to them. But again, those circumstances, we just really don't know. But, you know, like I said, there's a lot of ways that this data set could exist and maybe a lot of companies that could have it. Because this industry is so, like, opaque, it's, it's hard for us to really say uh, who has gotten what. Um, I actually asked Grindr, which, uh, do you have S these code in your app? Then which companies does it send data to and all this stuff? They didn't respond. The only comment that I think Grindr has given is that it's just technically infeasible for this, this to have happened, but like it did. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of mystery here. This idea of a media outlet using location data to tell a story actually sounds pretty familiar. If I remember correctly, the New York Times did a similar thing after the January 6th insurrection. Is that right? Yeah, something that the pillars actually tried to do now is make this case that, you know, because people were upset that they outed a priest and, you know, he lost his job, uh, understandably. They've tried to make this case that, hey, look, the New York Times got a data set just like this. They used it. They outed this guy and said he was at the January 6th insurrection. They used his name. What's so different? We did the same thing. But, I mean, I get, okay, similar data sets, very different story, very different approach. The New York Times has... They've actually done this a couple times where they've gotten, you know, this data and they've actually used it to make a case that they shouldn't have it, like <laughs> that this data kind of shouldn't exist. And they've demonstrated that by saying, look how, you know, you can identify individual people from it. And so with that January 6th story, they actually asked the guy they identified if they could use his name. And they only, they only used the names of people that gave permission to do that we can be pretty sure that this priest did not give his permission for his name to be used because I don't think he ever commented them at all. So yeah, okay, similar data sets, different news outlets, but again, very different ways to make very different points. 
in any case, it sounds like data vendors or dating services apps in general who are responsible for safekeeping delicate information are doing the best job. Is the government doing anything about this? Yes. I mean, that's the problem. You know, we don't really have much, you know, in terms of privacy laws in this country uh, that protect adults. A lot of these practices are legal. Uh, You might get dinged by the Federal Trade Commission if your privacy policy, you know, is not true. That's happened, I think, to like Facebook. But, you know, I don't think anyone's going to jail for this. And I don't think there's a law that would say they should. Well, this all sounds like a pretty big bummer. What can users of apps, especially apps like Grindr, do to feel better about how their data is being uh, treated or protected online? Well, I mean, Grindr, um, they do have some details in their privacy policy about how, you know, you can opt out of having your data sent to advertising services. Trust them as much as you want to (laughs) at this point. You can delete your account altogether. Um, I don't want to tell people that they shouldn't use apps that provide like a net good in their life that they think will. Uh, It's always good, though, that people are just aware of the potential of things and don't just always assume that these things might stay private. So, you know, there's there's stuff that you can do yourself um, and maybe sort of in a, you know, bigger way, you, you could sort of advocate your lawmakers to make privacy laws that forbid these practices or make them more transparent. Uh, so something like this wouldn't happen again. Uh, we've got I think three states now that have these like consumer privacy laws. Uh, But again, nothing on a federal level. That would be really nice to have. And if all else fails, just put your phone in airplane mode whenever you're doing anything that you really want to be private. Or just all the time. Just never (laughs) use it. (laughs) Turn it off. All right. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for listening to Recode Daily. My name is Adam Clark Estes. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Paul Mouncey. Let us know what you want to learn more about. Email us at recodedaily at recode.net.